You're listening to Scottish Radio News. I'm Chloe Gardiner and I'm here with your news updates. A fugitive who is alleged to have faked his own death and fled to Scotland to evade serious charges has been extradited back to the United States, Police Scotland has confirmed. Scottish ministers signed an extradition order for Nicholas Rossi on the 28th of September 2023, which he lodged an appeal against. His appeal with the High Court was heard in Edinburgh in December. However, appeal judges said in a written ruling, there is no merit to any of the appealant's arguments. The 36-year-old is wanted by authorities in Utah for allegedly raping a woman in 2008 and is accused of faking his own death to avoid prosecution. Despite a sheriff ruling that he is Rossi, he claims he is a victim of mistaken identity and is an Irish orphan called Arthur Knight. On Friday, Police Scotland confirmed they had assisted in transporting the 36-year-old to Edinburgh Airport, where he was extradited to the US on a private flight. Police are investigating after a large-scale cannabis farm was discovered within a building in South Lanarkshire. At around 3.20pm on January 2nd, officers discovered the cultivation in a building on Bannatyne Street in Lanark. Inquiries are ongoing at this time. A fruit and veg thief has written an apology letter to a Broughty Ferry restaurant he stole from and even enclosed £30 to cover the cost of the stolen goods. The letter was delivered after a man was captured on CCTV, getting out of a car and stealing fruit and veg produce from a delivery box at Sandbank's Brasserie on Brook Street over Hogmanay weekend. Despite being victims of the incident, Jamie Scott and wife Kelly, the owners of the restaurant, issued a kind response to the theft, offering the culprit a free meal. Now the couple have revealed on social media that the man responsible has come forward and has profusely apologised for his actions. Two people have been arrested and charged in connection with the shooting of a man in a pub in Edinburgh. Mark Webley was killed just before midnight on Hogmanay, outside the Anchor Inn in Granton. The 38-year-old posted a series of videos online daring his enemies to come and get him before the shooting. A 32-year-old man and a 25-year-old woman have now been charged over the incident. Police were called to the pub in Granson Crescent at around 10 to midnight on the 31st of December. A 39-year-old man was also injured and taken to hospital for treatment. A Wraith Rovers fan who was assaulted by a group of youths following a match on Tuesday has been presented with a signed shirt by the team's players. Kieran Ross met his heroes at training and has been invited on the team bus to today's away game. The 18-year-old had been waiting for a bus home following the Fife derby against Dunfermline Athletic on Tuesday when he was attacked. A 17-year-old boy has been arrested and charged in connection with the assault. And that's all from me. I'm Chloe Gardner and you've been listening to Scottish Radio News. Mearns FM weather with Ace Competitions. This is today's weather on Mearns FM. Today will be mostly dry with some sunny spells and a maximum temperature of 5 degrees Celsius. Mearns FM weather with Ace Competitions. Head over to acecompetitions.co.uk or find us on Facebook and Instagram for more information. Mearns FM Weekend, sponsored by Ace Competitions. Win life-changing prizes, cars, cash, luxury holidays and more with Ace Competitions. Starting at just 25 pence an entry, we have something for everyone. Ace prizes, ace prices, ace odds. Find us on Facebook and Instagram or enter online now at www.acecompetitions.co.uk. All participants must be 18 years or over. BeGambleAware.co.uk
Welcome to this worship service provided by Abuthnut, Bervie and Kniff Church. If you would like to find out more about us or support us in our ministry, then you can search for us online, on Facebook and on YouTube by searching for ABK Church. We pray that this service will be a blessing to you. read the words from Psalm 105 and then we'll sing our opening praise. Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength, seek his face always. So we're going to do this morning, we're going to give thanks to God, we're going to sing to him, we're going to look to God as we worship him in our opening praise. In our purple hymn books, 286, tell out my soul. Hymn 286 will stand to sing. join our hearts together in prayer and we'll close the words of the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Most gracious Father, as we gather here on the last day of the year, 
We look back upon these 12 months of your unending faithfulness. Those 365 days where your love has been constant. Those almost 8,760 hours where your grace has been poured out again and again on our lives. Almighty King, we praise you as a Lord who is everlasting to everlasting. And we raise our voices with the psalmist and praise you for your irrepressible love, your unbroken faithfulness. Father, you have loved each and every one of us all year long with that everlasting, engaged, unwavering love, irrespective of anything we did or indeed did not do. And so we praise, adore and bless you for your full and rich affection for us in Christ Jesus. And we gather in Christ's name as those who have been called out of darkness into his marvellous light, who have tasted and seen that the Lord indeed is good. God of grace, we thank you again that it's by grace we've been saved, not because of anything we have done or could do, but because of that amazing grace that saves a wretch like me, like us. How amazing it is to us that you've not turned your back upon us when we have sinned, but instead in an utterly astounding way have sent your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for us to be born as a God-man, to live the perfect life where we have failed, to die upon the cross bearing all the weight of your anger at our sin, being the atonement for our sins, so that through faith in his death in our place, we're set free, the chains are broken. Instead of death, we have life. Instead of darkness, there is light forever. And so we come as your people and pray for your mercy to fall upon us, for us to have open hearts and attentive ears. Tend to our wounds, bind up the broken amongst us, And may those of us here together feel a sense of your tangible presence. Help us to listen to that still, small voice as you whisper words of encouragement, comfort and joy into our very souls. For we pray in Jesus' name and in his words we pray together. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. We are going to sing, and it's still within the Christmas season, um, thus the Christmas tree up. And so we're going to sing um, a couple of more carols. And our next one is hymn number 314 in our hymn books. We're going to sing together, Child in the Manger.
throughout the Christmas season we've been um, jumping in and out of Matthew's account of the Christmas story and we finish up today when we read Matthew chapter 2 and read from verse 11 um, to the end of chapter 2. So if you're using one of the church Bibles it's on page 966 but it's Matthew chapter 2 we're going to start at verse 11 reading to the end of the chapter. So just a little bit of context. Um, Christmas story of the, the Magi, the wise men arriving, um, we've heard that and we start halfway through that story at verse 11 of Matthew chapter 2. So the wise men, the Magi, on coming to the house they saw the child, that's Jesus, with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then he opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold, of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And when the Magi had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt where they stayed until the death of King Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, and prophet Micah. Out of Egypt I called my son. When King Herod realised that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all of the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity, who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learnt from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel is weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judah in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. And so was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, he will be called a Nazarene. Amen. Master Day is the last day of the year. If you were to look back on your past 12 months, the whole of 2023, what would your one word or your one phrase be to sum up this past year? Maybe happy. Maybe it's really tough. Maybe you might be honest and say, oh, it was filled with illness. Or multiple weddings you went to. Or COVID three times. I don't know what your word or your phrase might be. Maybe it's one of those or something similar. For some of us, it will be a happy, a positive, a good thing that you can think of to sum up your year. For some of us, it will be not so good. Loved ones passing away, illness, hardship of various types. But if I was to ask you the same question in 12 months, on the 31st of December 2024, what would you hope your word or your phrase for this coming year would be. So what would it be for last year or this past year? What do you hope it would be for this coming year? Well, I ask that because the passage we read, the final one in our Christmas series, 
and the last part chronologically of the whole Christmas story from Mark, eh, from, sorry, from Luke and from Matthew's Gospels, it helps us in looking back and also looking forward. Now the Christmas story ends in tragedy. The wise men are told by God not to return to King Herod and tell him where the newborn king actually is. So instead they leave by an alternative route. Herod soon realises that the wise men are not going to come back, not going to tell him go to this stable or go to this house or go to wherever it might be. And so he gets angry. He claims to them, I want to go and worship this child, this newborn king, but we soon realise it's a lie. In verse 3, when he first hears that the wise men are coming to tell him that good news, we read that he was disturbed in all of Jerusalem with him. And turns out it's more than just an anxiety. This is a hatred, a manical fear. He does not want to worship, he wants to kill. And so he goes into one of his rages and he orders all of the baby boys under two years of age in Bethlehem and in surrounding farmland and villages to die. Now, some, some of you might have heard of others, or might you be sceptical yourself, saying, but there's no record of this anywhere else apart from in the Bible. This can't be true. No one else tells the story of all of these children being put to death. Well, Bethlehem was rural and quite small, perhaps smaller than Gurdon is today, if you know Gurdon, uh, a few miles away. And so this massacre, I say would only, but would only have killed perhaps 20 or 30 babies although, of course, tragic for those families. But compared to what Herod did with others, that was relatively small. He killed his brothers, killed others in huge massacres. 20 babies in a small farmland town. Nobody would have written about it. That's why there's no record of it. But I believe it is true. And after all the joy and anticipation of that first Christmas, the joy and the amazement of all the goings-on, of the numerous angel appearances, the miraculous birth of John the Baptist, who's Jesus' cousin, to a couple who are past natural childbearing age, and Jesus, who's born of a virgin, the appearance of shepherds out in the hillside to come and meet the baby, foreign visitors bringing expensive and symbolic gifts. After all the magic of that birth, far beyond the births of any of us that had, or the children that we gave birth to, after all that magic and wonder and celebration, the horror of the massacre of infants and innocent children at that. And then the fleeing of this new family into another part of the kingdom. For those families, perhaps those 15, 20 families who lost a child, there could be nothing worse. Our little boy Caleb, if we'd lived in Bethlehem, would have been one of those kids. I cannot think of anything worse. And God warns Joseph of this tragedy this is about to befall that small town of Bethlehem. And he says, go down to the far end of the Roman Empire, down to the other part of the kingdom, down to Egypt. Go and move far away so that you're under the rulership of someone else. And in response to that tragedy, Matthew quotes a couple of important verses out of the Bible that speak hope in the midst of that tragedy. The first in verse 15, he quotes the prophet Micah. Out of Egypt I have called my son. That's a reference to the story of the Exodus in Egypt where God took his people out of the brutal pain of slavery, brought them into the land of peace. But Matthew sees that in the story of Jesus, there's also that true. That's also happened as well. Jesus was where he was supposed to be, 
But he had to be taken into Exodus, taken far away into Egypt. But one day God will call him back home. And the second reference in verse 18, Matthew quotes the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, that's a wee small town, weeping in great mourning. Rachel was weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. That's a quote from chapter 31 of Jeremiah, where Jeremiah, or God through Jeremiah, tries to offer hope to his people because they are being taken off far away into exile. You see, after God had brought his people into the promised land, Israel kept on following God perfectly. No, they didn't. They sinned persistently and defiantly. And God said, I, tr- I told you, keep on following me and I will give you blessing upon blessing. But they keep on rejecting him. And so he allows them to be sent off to exile into Babylon. Over time, their cities are destroyed, including Jerusalem, and many are sent off far away. And as they go, sent off to exile, they walk past that little village, that little town called Ramah on the way. And from there, the families were sold into slavery to various peoples. Families were torn apart. Imagine the pain of you seeing your children or other loved ones that you have being sold off into slavery. Some sold to one slave owner, some to another. Some of you have got two or three kids who are maybe my kind of age or other ages. One goes to one part of the kingdom, some goes to somewhere else, never to see each other again. And amidst this unspeakable pain, Jeremiah says in the next couple of verses, One day your voice will cease its weeping. Your eyes will cease from tears, for your children shall come back from the land of the enemy. There is hope for your future, declares the Lord. So why do we have these two pictures in the Christmas story of unspeakable joy and unspeakable tragedy next to each other? Because that's the gospel. That's why Jesus came. He came to a sinful, fallen, broken world, marked with evil and sorrow and death. And in the midst of all of that, he says, I come to bring you hope. And I know there are people listening to this right now who are walking through that time of sorrow, who've gone through some tough times this past year, people who've experienced or have experienced some great evil done against him. You're walking through situations filled with weeping and loud lamentation, And you need comfort. And I want to comfort you from God's word with that reality. This is why Jesus came. He came for you and your weeping and your lamentation. Jesus came for you and your sorrow, your sadness and your suffering. He came for you and me in a world of sin and evil, suffering and death. And Jeremiah declares there is hope. What's that hope? God's going to bring his people back from eternal exile. And he's going to do it by sending a new victorious king who will bring a new promise between God and people. You'll be reconciled back to me, back to God. And you'll have peace on earth. So Matthew shows us in these verses that Jesus is the ultimate exodus. He takes away the slavery that we find ourselves in. And we get to be reunited, not to a land necessarily, but an eternal existence with God by our sight. And Matthew applies that truth to this situation. On the one hand, horrible news. Children have been killed. But at the same time, there is hope. There's good news. A new king is born. 
A king who will conquer death once and for all, who will never cause the death. A king who will heal our hurts. A king who will not exploit others for his purposes, but will pour himself out for you and for me. A king who would reconcile us to himself and to each other. A king who will reverse the curse. Bring the people back from exile. Make all the broken, the sad, the awful things come untrue. The good news of the Christmas story is that Herod will not get the last word. But the new king will. King Jesus does. And God's going to take all that Herod intended for evil and overturn it for good. The Bible um, talks about how in our life, yes, we go through sorrow and suffering. And yes... Some of us will live for 80, 90, 100 years and we will have a tough time of this life. I don't want to take that away. But the Bible also says that in comparison to the blessing of heaven that lasts not for 100 years, but for all of eternity, it will be like a woman giving birth. And I've seen that twice now with Kirsty. Both those times she was in pain and finding it so incredibly tough. And my hand as I held her was finding it tough too. But after that, five minutes after Asher and Caleb were born, she forgot all about it. And yes, she had to go through, kind of, um, it'd been sore for quite a while and weeks afterwards, but she didn't care because she had newborn children in her midst. Today, that pain for those couple of hours, forgotten about, with the joy of having her kids. And for you who've had that too, you know what that's like. You've went through the trauma of the birth or the C-section, but joy after or even if you've had an operation, you had sore hips for weeks and weeks and weeks, you went through the operation, and then suddenly you can run and walk like you had never done before. And the Bible says that life will be tough, but in comparison to eternity, it will seem like that pain in childbirth, gone. It will seem like a wisp of smoke in comparison. Death will be swallowed up in victory. And as we come to the final day of 2023, some of us look back with tears in our eyes. Some of us look back these past 12 months at heartbreak and sorrow. Many of you have lost loved ones, close loved ones, and you've had to bury them. Others of us have had a tough time with illness or a diagnosis we didn't want. Some have suffered financial struggle, relationship breakdowns, We've been lonely, sad, tired, suffered mental um, health issues. Matthew 2 is no exception to this rule in a fallen, broken world. It is a rule. The world is broken. But King Jesus, who has the last word over all of our pain this year, and the pain we might face this coming year, came into a world surrounded by the mayhem and the evil that he came to fix. The King of Kings now flees into Egypt. The God who's come to earth says, I will come and make all that is evil and broken and overturn it for good. A couple of months ago, we looked at the promises of heaven. And we read this verse numerous times. A promise for all of us who trust in Jesus. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old way of things has passed away. Jesus came to give us hope in the midst of that sorrow and suffering. This world is not the end of the story. Sin and evil are not the end of the story. But those who trust in him, salvation from suffering is yours. Jesus came so that one day he will wipe away every tear in your eyes. And there will be no more evil, no more death, no more suffering, no more pain.
That's the hope we have because Jesus came. Because he came to save us. To conquer death. To rise from the grave. To ascend into heaven and give us his comfort. He sends a comforter. That we might have the peace and hope in the midst of grieving and pain. Jesus is the answer to senseless evil and pain. The gospel says the world is the way it is because of sin. But a king has been born who's going to bring an end to all of that because he took it on our place. He dies on a cross, turning away the wrath of God. And one day he's going to put everything right again and bring an end to suffering. The most profound questions of all the world are answered by a baby lying in a manger. But if you think that Christmas is all about the twinkly lights and the beautiful angels and a cute couple with a little baby all wrapped up with the twinkly lights and the candles and the sweetness and light of Christmas, you're missing the real point of Christmas, the real punch of the narrative. Not just about Christmas, but the whole sweep of the Bible. The world that God came into is a brutal world and he came to save it. The good news that emerges from the horrible news is that even as Herod's evil did not undo God's plan or wipe out Jesus, so God is still marching towards that day where he will say, Behold, I will make all things new. I can't make all things new, nor can you, but God can. And Jesus has assured us that one day we will live in that sort of world. He's told us, and we prayed it earlier, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But as we pray, we realise that in this imperfect world, a perfect outcome will not happen for everyone. Evil is still present, sickness still exists, human beings will still sin against each other with horrible consequences. God weeps for us like this. Just as Jeremiah tells us that Rachel wept for her children. God is not removed from that suffering. He comes into it and he lives amongst us. He had to run to escape from Herod's death squads. He lives as a refugee in Egypt. Later on he's misunderstood by his family and even his friends. He's betrayed and given over to the power of the state and the empire. They tortured him, nailed him to a cross. That's what it meant for Jesus to be Emmanuel. God with us, God with you. So I don't know what this year brought you. And I certainly don't know what next year will bring to you. But whatever might come, cling to this hope. Because God's not stayed distant. He's not stayed distant from your hurts or your sorrows, but come into the midst of them all. He's come to save. Come to usher you into a paradise beyond imagination. And through faith in his king who was born in Bethlehem, who lived a perfect life, nailed to a cross and died in your place. If you trust in that, you have this hope, a sure and certain hope. The evil you face, the evil you have faced, it will not have the last word. The death and the grief that you have faced or will face, it will not have the last word. The sin that was done against you or will be done against you will be conquered. And you will live in peace forever. In the world, in this world, there will be sorrow. In the past year, in this coming year, there will be sorrow. But Jesus has overcome. And as a child of God, you're promised victory. And so in 12 or so hours time as 2024 begins. And every day of this coming year, 
cling to Jesus. Hold fast to him in the joys at the wedding and at the celebration at the birthdays and the newborn babies. But also cling to him in the sorrows and in the lows. Fix your eyes upon the cross and the empty tomb. And look to that day where you will leave this world of sorrow. And awake in the splendour of joy. Because that's the real good news of Christmas. Let's pray. Gracious God, we've read and explored a tough story. But it's part of the Christmas story. Not all filled with twinkly lights and angels singing and shepherds and wise men bowing. But also horror and suffering, torment and pain. And Lord God, I pray for anyone and everyone listening today who's walking through a kind of time of sorrow, of lamentation, suffering, hurts and pain. I pray that your word in a fresh way by your Holy Spirit would comfort and strengthen them and uphold them. Jesus, we praise you for not staying distant for us in a world of sin and suffering, but coming into that world with us. Glory be to you for emptying yourself and taking upon the nature of a servant, being born in the likeness of human beings. Thank you for living amongst us, for experiencing that evil done against you for us. Thank you that you willingly went to the cross, into death, to the grave. Thank you that you rose from the dead, that you now live in heaven and you promise us that through faith we too will live with you in that paradise forever. Jesus, fall upon us, or may these realities fall upon us, particularly those of us who have hurting hearts. God, we pray together that we, you would use our lives, our families and our church to spread the good news that this world will not have the last word, but our King Jesus will. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We sing together our next carol, hymn number 326, all five verses. As with gladness men of old did the guiding star behold, hymn 326.
join together in prayer once more. Our loving Heavenly Father, as we come to you in prayer, we thank you for that great privilege that we get to pray. That all of us, from the oldest to the youngest, whether we've known you for decades or we've only just begun, that whoever we are, we're welcome to approach your throne of grace through faith. And we know that you delight to hear your children call out to you, for prayer melts your heart and opens up your hand of blessing upon us. God, as we've been thinking, the the clocks are about to change, the calendars are about to move on. And many of us will begin with New Year's resolutions to lose weight, to give up smoking or drinking, to read more, swear less, save more money. But Lord, we understand that without you, we can do nothing. And so we ask for your grace that we might fulfill your will for us in this coming year. Lord God Almighty, when we pause, we recognize our greatest need, though they are useful. Our greatest need is not about losing weight or reading more or whatever else it might be. Our greatest need is ultimately that we would cling all the more to Jesus this coming year. We pray that as we cling to him, that all the recurring sins in our lives would dissipate as we wage war against them as we trust in Jesus. So God, in your mercy, may this coming year be one where doing what, that we would do whatever brings you most glory and honour. That our life would be filled with love for others. And that in doing so, we would be filled with an inexpressible joy in the pursuit of knowing and loving you more. Gracious God, we pray 2024 will be a year of victory over sin. For the sins in our life that we know that we battle, of lying, pride, selfishness, short-temperedness, lust, unkindness. Might you remove them from us and cause us to walk in freedom from them as we walk with you by faith. God most wise, We pray that 2024 will be a year where we are wise. Help us to number our days, to spend our time wisely, to love you, to love others, to give ourselves for the cause of the gospel, to live our lives with all of our might while we still have breath. Saving God, we pray that 2024 will be a year where the gospel goes forth. Cause us to become bold in sharing our faith. Help us to share testimonies of how following you has changed our lives. We pray for the mission and ministry that we do collectively as a church and that which we do individually. We pray that men and women, boys and girls, would come to know Jesus as our Saviour, their friend and our Lord this coming year. Generous God, We pray that 2024 will be a year where we live generously. Help us to give ourselves away for the sake of others. To release the grip that we have on our money, our bank balances and possessions. Remembering that you gave up your life, your all for us. And that we are called to do likewise in response. Loving God, we pray 2024 will be a year filled with love. 
where everyone in our church family will be known and loved, cherished and treasured. Where guests and visitors in our midst would marvel at the depths of our care and concern for them and each other. Where a whole community would know that we are a church who cares about those who live in our parish and beyond. Cause us to give up ourselves, our time, our pride, our effort in the sake of loving others as we have been loved first. So our humble prayer and earnest longing for this new year is this, God, that for each of us, for our families, for our church, that, God, you would help us to run the race, to complete the task that Jesus has given to us, to live by faith. Help us this year to live for you, we pray. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close our, our time together, our, our year together, as we sing one of the Psalms of the Bible. Um, it's number 54 in our hymn books, but it's um, number, uh, I think, 90, um, 90 Psalm. So number 54 in your hymn books. It's one that um, many Psalm-singing churches would sing um, today or tomorrow as they look to um, these words. Lord, you have always been our home through every generation. That kind of thinking what we spoke about earlier, Lord, that you've been with us this last year. Lord, might you make us um, and help us to journey with you into this coming year, that last verse. Each day's dawning, each year's dawning, God, make us glad. Fill us with your love all of our days, and we will sing aloud for joy and offer you our lifelong praise. So we'll stand and close our time together as we sing hymn number 54, Lord, you've always been our home.
So may this next year bring you closer to Christ and farther away from the lesser passions which would steal you from him. May you walk with him this year. May God's blessing be with you today and forevermore. Amen.
Women's FM Weekend, sponsored by Ace Competitions. Win life-changing prizes, cars, cash, luxury holidays and more with Ace Competitions. Starting at just 25 pence an entry, we have something for everyone. Ace prizes, Ace prices, Ace odds. Find us on Facebook and Instagram or enter online now at www.acecompetitions.co.uk. All participants must be 18 years or over. BeGambleAware.co.uk
those rowdy boys. Good there was my neighbor, called Peter, and a flush capacitor. He told me he built inside the scene like the one in the film I've seen. Yeah, yeah. He said, I went to the year 3000. Not much has changed, but they lived underwater. As your great, great, great granddaughter is pretty fine, is pretty fine. He took me to the future in the flux thing. And I saw everything. Boy bands, and another one, and another one, and another one. Triple abreasted women swim around town, totally naked. We drove around in a time machine, like what in the film I see. Yeah, yeah. He said, I've been to the year 3000. Not much has changed, but to just a new water. And your great, great, great. FM News. 